on guard. Pray. Ale. Welcome to the Tokyo 2020 Fencing Podcast. It's episode 32 and it's actually a, a special report episode. Uh, we are here to discuss the recent announcement by the International Fencing Federation to suspend all competitive activity in the sport of fencing for 30 days. Uh, I'm Karen Bashir and here to discuss this with me as always uh, is Dave Baker. Uh, Dave, well, let's start with the immediate impact of uh, this suspension of competitive activities. Yeah, so we're supposed to have a, uh, a Grand Prix tomorrow in Anaheim. It's supposed to be the final weekend of the uh, foil qualification season and, and uh, it's not going to happen. Yeah, very uh, interesting. We'll, we'll come back to Anaheim in a minute because uh, clearly with a 30-day suspension, other events are uh, in jeopardy as well. well they have been postponed, as the, the word is that's being used. Uh, do you have a list of those events? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a busy time of the year, obviously. Uh, we're trying to get the qualification season done. It's the end of the junior season. So, I mean, after Anaheim, next weekend was supposed to be a bumper weekend um, with Budapest and uh, St. Nicholas uh, for the men's and women's sabre. And then the Epeists were going to finish off their qualification season as well. So there was going to be a Men's Epe World Cup in Buenos Aires and a the rescheduled Women's Epe World Cup uh, from Chengdu to Tashkent. That's all cancelled uh, or postponed. Uh, we've also got the Junior World Championships. They were supposed to be starting on April the 3rd in Salt Lake City. Uh, they've been uh, they've been postponed. Um, and then, of course, all the junior, uh, sorry, all the zonal qualification events. Uh, so four of those in, in, in each of the four zones of the FIE, uh, and they've all been uh, cancelled or postponed as well. So, yeah, quite a large number of uh, events that um, that now are going um, to be happening at a different time. Yeah, and the FIE have been pretty clear about this. I mean, it, you know, we're not here to make uh, a judgment on on the suspension itself. Uh, neither of us are medical professionals or involved in that, but the, the impact is clear for all to see. Olympic qualification has effectively been suspended at least for 30 days. Uh, we know that the FIA are going to be talking with the local organising committees of the Grand Prix in Hanaheim and of those World Cups, as well as the host federations, uh, to uh, attempt to reschedule the events um, Slightly unclear in the wording, but they've said by the month of May. Now, whether that's rescheduling by the month of May or actually holding the events uh, by the month of May, we, we don't know just yet. But clearly very, very difficult times. In, in addition to that, the uh, FIE uh, are compelled now to go to the International Olympic Committee, the IOC, to extend the Olympic qualifying period uh, for fencing beyond the 31st of March. I mean, technically it was like the 3rd or 4th of April, but all the competitions were going to be finished next weekend. So they just need to extend that period. And I, given the circumstances, one would imagine that that extension will be granted. Uh, and, you know, I suppose from us, best wishes to all involved uh, in, in what's clearly going to be a very, very diff difficult bit of rescheduling. Um, look, let's just go back to Anaheim, as I suggested we would do. What's the immediate impact? I mean, look, David, I've got like a million questions. I'll try and do two or three so that you've got a chance to respond to them. Um, there's a training camp going on there. Uh, there has been for some, some days now. So there's many nations that are already in situ in Anaheim, including the Koreans. Uh, the announcement was made this morning. Um, it actually came out through social media uh, and through the Italian Fencing Federation website initially 
Uh, and it's possible that people were in transit when the announcement was made. What on earth is going to happen in California? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I, know, I know some people went to Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, they're... Um, Say some people have been there for some time. I know I spoke to to at least one person that was boarding a plane uh, when it was all uh, when it was all kicking off this morning. Um, I mean, clearly there will be no fencing. Uh, I think you just you go back um, you go back in in your uh, in your own time and where possible. I think this is compounded obviously by the uh, announced uh, travel restrictions that that the American um, government has placed, especially uh, to to mainland Europe into the Schengen zone. But I think now it probably gives everyone a chance to sort of go home and, and reset, I mean, especially from, from you know, say, China and Korea. They've probably been out of the country for some time, you know, with the fear that if they went back, they may not be able to leave again. Um, probably not a lot of fun while you're there, but actually just a chance to to, to go home and, and, and take a breath for, for, for 30 days isn't the, uh, perhaps isn't the worst outcome. Well, you say to go. I mean, clearly that there, there's going to be um, a big repatriation job going on, and for most of the athletes and the officials and the coaches that are out there, that's not necessarily going to be a problem. Even if you are in the Schengen area, that that travel restrictions not due to come into place until midnight on uh, Friday the thirteenth. Um, but the, the restriction is actually travel from the Schengen area to the USA. Mm. I think. Uh, repatriation is not going to be a problem but the koreans i believe federal law in the usa states that they need to be quarantined for 14 days yeah this is something that that came to our attention a couple of days ago that that they even though they'd been there and been in the camp uh in the training camp uh they weren't to be uh they weren't to to compete in the competition because of these quarantine quarantine rules in the u.s um, so you could tell that something was afoot, uh, and we, you know, found out that a number of teams weren't even travelling to Anaheim. So uh, I don't know what that means for for uh, the Korean guys and girls if they do need to spend a couple of weeks um, uh, under lock and key in the uh, in in the USA or not. But I know everyone uh, everyone will just want to get uh, get back home as soon as possible. Yeah, very, very tricky times and and, and very difficult times uh, for the US uh, Fencing Federation who for you know, been involved in making this very brave decision at the eleventh uh, hour. And I personally, you know, not, not speaking officially at all, but personally, it seems to be uh, the right thing to do. And good luck to everyone involved in uh, helping those people get home. I, I have had a couple of chats with the president of uh, U.S. fencing, and um, they're busy. They they are very very busy, but um, I think they they're glad that they've finally made this decision to. Uh, to cancel Anaheim and, you know, whether that was the uh, the prompt to put the 30-day suspension in place, we, well, I guess we, we may never know, but um, I think it was always coming. What have you heard from other federations, uh, in particularly the, the zonal federations, with, with the Olympic qualifiers in those zones being cancelled? Yeah, so certainly we've seen an immediate response from uh, the European Confederation, uh, who've, who've replicated the FIE's position because uh, there's a whole bunch of, you know, under 13, under 11, under 15 events uh, scheduled to take place. And they've all either been rescheduled or cancelled, um, which, again, is a pretty prudent move, I think. Um, 
I don't I haven't heard anything from the others. I mean, I was supposed to be at the Asian uh, Championship and Olympic qualifier as a referee. We found out a couple of days ago formally that that was going to happen at a different point in time. I know Singapore put their hand up to actually host it before the uh, virus got as out of control as it has. Uh, so I think they're just going to try and find some time, um, ideally later in the year, to, to get it done. Sort of looking at, at the at the um, the timetable we have here, the actual entry deadline um, imposed by the Tokyo 2020 uh, Local Organising Committee isn't actually until the 6th of July. So we've got quite a bit of wiggle room there. But uh, clearly all of this organisation doesn't happen in 15 minutes and there's quite a lot of paperwork and uh, by the National uh, Olympic Committees. And so that was actually supposed to be done a month before then, so the 8th of June, and the FIE was supposed to be telling them a month before that, and that's on the 8th of May. So you can see logically how this would work. So I think maybe that's why the May um, language has probably crept into some of these announcements if the FIE was trying to stick to their original deadline of informing all of the uh, individual countries of the qualifiers by by the first week of May. Um, but we do we do have a bit of time. I don't think it would be impossible and wouldn't require a huge amount of rescheduling uh, if we were going to do this in May and June if the if the situation was a bit more under control. Did you, I mean, you know, we, we, we don't want to venture into speculation or anything like that because um, there's plenty of that out there already, which is probably causing a little bit of panic. But, I mean, certainly in terms of uh, the patterns that we've seen in terms of the spread, and, and, and to be very clear, it was the World Health Organization that uh, deemed that, that uh, COVID-19 or the coronavirus had become a, a pandemic, which has instigated a number of uh, big measures from lots of governments and, and now lots of international sports federations. Um, but uh, the pattern is a sort of eight to 12 week um, first uh, diagnosis to things starting to look like they're calming down with the containment and delay uh, methods that uh, various countries around the world are using. Um, 12 weeks from now, <laughs> that's that's a long way past May. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, we, uh, you know, we saw them lighting the uh, Olympic torch today, which... Um, which means that we're getting uh, getting very close to the Olympic Games. So, yeah, I don't uh, I don't know what to say. I mean, I don't think I don't think anyone's talking about delaying the games yet. Uh, but ideally, well, there's been pl- there's been plenty of speculation about it. I sure. mean, there, there 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 must be an official line from um, the IOC uh, about Tokyo 2020, both the Olympics and the Paralympics. Have you have you got any uh, steer on that? Yeah, so I've been following it pretty closely and. You know, obviously Thomas Bach, the the head of the IOC, is is a fencer, um, and so he, you know the, he's had towed a pretty consistent line. And you know, I think it was a week ago saying we don't we're not even talking about postponement. It was a little bit more subdued today at the torch lighting ceremony, and he said you know acknowledged the difficult circumstances, quote unquote. Um, but yeah, you're right. He's you know in the quote here, it's 19 weeks before the um, before we're supposed to have the opening ceremony, so we don't have a lot of time. Uh, no. But I think I think actually if we do have a proper thirty day containment, and I don't think this will be just limited to to our sport or or sport in general, I think it gives us the best chance of being able to you know keep the virus under control and and give ourselves the best chance of having the Olympic Games in in the Northern Hemisphere summer. Yeah, it's um, 
it's a situation that's evolving hour by hour. It's not day by day anymore. Uh, you've got to keep your your newsreels running uh, 24-7 at the moment. And, and just to touch on some of those other sports that have been affected, and this is just a handful of them, just heard that the whilst uh, the uh, Automotive uh, International Federation have not been, come out and said anything official, I'm understanding the Australian Formula One Grand Prix is about to be cancelled. And first practice is due to start in, what, um, about nine hours' time yeah. from, from now? Um ATP have cancelled some events. I've heard that the uh, the golfing fraternity are cancelling events left, right, and centre. Judo have put in a similar uh, period of suspension of international tournaments, including qualifiers for the Olympic Games. So we are in the same shoes as uh, as judo. Uh, Real Madrid, the football team. One of the basketball players in the Real Madrid team uh, was tested positive for coronavirus. They train in the same facilities as the Real Madrid football team. Real Madrid have been put into quarantine as a result of that. And as a result of that, La Liga have suspended games for the next two weeks. So that's a, that's a big uh, a big pro- sports property. There's a lot of money going around La Liga. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's no small decision there. And, I, and I've read recently uh, in the last... A couple of hours, uh, UEFA, the uh, European football governing body, are having a meeting in the next couple of days about postponing the European 2020 football championships. I mean, talk about huge sports properties. That's massive. Yeah, wow. Fantastic. What are uh, you do a bit of archery, Bash? What, do, uh, what are they doing? I don't do a bit of archery. I, 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 I'm lucky enough to commentate <laughs> on it, though. Um, I heard today uh, the first Hyundai Archery World Cup. They have their series of, uh, of four events in, in most years, three in an Olympic year. The first one in Guatemala City in just a few weeks' time has been cancelled. Wow. And it, that has been cancelled. It's not uh, That's not a postponement. Um, so, yeah, it affects across the board in terms of uh, Olympic and non-Olympic sports. Uh, just going back to that um, USA travel restriction, uh, President Trump um, announced overnight, it, well, overnight for us here in the UK, um, that he was putting in place this very strict and very severe travel ban. Uh, clearly, they're taking things very seriously in the USA. Uh, and in fact, the first death in the USA from the coronavirus happened in California. So um, it's um, it's a it's a really interesting situation. Um, but look, I, I think that there are certain things that I, I'm sure I'm sure you, you're going to add your uh, your thoughts to, to to mine here, Dave. But I think that in the current situation, one has to accept that there are going to be challenges for everyone, uh, both within sport and not now clearly we are focused on uh, the sport of fencing and our podcast obviously is about olympic qualification but some things are bigger than than this and uh, the health and welfare of uh, our athletes and and the, the world population uh, clearly take precedent here but i think the key thing really is not to panic uh, there's plenty of guidance as well and i, I know people talk about this um all the time and you see it on the news but I, it's worth repeating uh world health organization uh which is uh who.int as in international um they have a very very good page on their website about the basic protective measures that we can all take 
uh, around the globe. And of course, the big thing is washing your hands thoroughly and regularly. When you don't have access to hot water and soap, use an alcohol-based hand rub uh, and, and make sure you get right into your fingers. And, and the reason for doing that is that uh, these the, these are measures that protect you from picking up the virus off surfaces, off of touching a door handle that someone who may have been contaminated has touched. And so the idea is that you, you do this on a regular basis and, and you do it for a good 20 to 30 seconds. Uh, they're saying within social environments, don't don't stop your life unless you're unless your local uh health authorities are telling you to stay inside get on with life but just take some reasonable measures stay a meter away from someone especially if they're coughing or sneezing and that's not being antisocial that's being protective and you're stopping the the, the continuation of the spread and the reason for that is that uh, this this virus is spread uh, via um droplets liquid droplets that are obviously released when one uh, coughs and sneezes so uh, if someone around you is doing that then you know really get out of distance don't don't uh, don't stand in the way um if you're coughing and sneezing do so into your into your elbow do it into a tissue and then immediately throw the tissue away and go and wash your hands these are the key things uh, about what they call respiratory hygiene you you can protect others by behaving uh, in a socially uh, forward thinking way and if you are feeling ill if you have a fever if you have a sore throat if you are having difficulty breathing the key thing to do is to seek medical advice various places around the world are doing this online and over the phone to save you from having to go into a medical facility so have a look on on your own local uh, healthcare advice pages and websites to um to make sure that you're up to date with what you should do in your country. But wash your hands, stay away from people sneezing and coughing. And if you're sneezing and coughing, do so uh, in a contained place, like you say, into your elbow or into a tissue. And the only other thing to say is that if you've been to an area that has got uh, COVID-19, check yourself out. There are ways of uh, making sure you can find out without having to have an official test uh, whether you might be uh, susceptible to to the virus. Sorry to go on about that, but I think it is really important information. Uh, You got anything to add to that? No, I think that's it, Bash. Covered covered it off well. Just uh, everyone look after themselves and follow follow the guidance and we'll get through this. We certainly will, and and uh, you know we, we will, we will both of course be keeping close eye on what's going to happen with fencing, and, and we'll update as we go on. Um, Dave, I've got one last uh, question for you in terms of the the potential outcomes or solutions for fencing. I was scratching my head this morning, thinking, well, one, I'm lucky, <laughs> I'm glad I'm not involved in <laughs> having to sort this all out. It must be an absolute nightmare for our colleagues at the FIE, and you know, obviously, our best wishes go to them Absolutely. in sorting this all out. Um, but one thing struck me: if we can get through uh, a period of uh, of isolation if you like self-isolation by not having these international events not having fences all come together and we get another four or five weeks down the line when things hopefully in most places around the world have started to show signs of calming down would one possible solution to completing all of these events one in each of the six disciplines be to throw them all together or perhaps lump you know epe the two EPE competitions together, the two Sabre competitions together. And of course, it's a, it's a foil Grand Prix, so they're lumped together anyway. Get them all done, you know, in 
maybe one place over the course of a week. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a very likely scenario. I suspect most of the events um, after the qualification event um, will probably be postponed or cancelled, or they'll be amalgamated. Uh, so you know, an existing GP, for example, might then become the qualification event. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the biggest issue with uh, fencing competitions is there's a huge amount of fixed costs. So myself, typically, as a referee, the venues, the pieces. So the bigger you can get those, uh, the better. Um, I'm sure there'll be something along that. And, and there are venues and, and cities that are well used to hosting big events at pretty short notice. So it could be Porich or Cairo or Plovdiv or, you know, someone or Tashkent possibly that are, you know, well used to hosting these kind of events. Um, and you could do it with a, a much um, uh, a less sort of total burden of equipment and uh, officials and, and and all of those kind of things. So, yeah, I think I think that's a really that's a really sensible uh, prospect. Um, the key is obviously just getting back to normal. Um, I mean, there may be a, there may be a case that you know they cancel all the events and you know we've had the competition we've had and that's what counts. Um, I mean, that's another possibility as well. But I think it's a bit early to speculate. I know everyone's going to try and run that last. Um, you know, every every single weapon's got one competition to go. So I feel like we could get that all done in a weekend. Uh, so I know that they'll do everything they can to get it going. But yeah, there's been a lot of work from from everyone in the FIE office, and they've been you know they've been pretty good in terms of contact with with me and 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 the other officials in the sport, even though they've had a thousand things to do. So we do appreciate it. We certainly do, yeah, and they've got lots of hard work ahead of them. Um, so, look, let's try and finish on a nice positive note. We've got this uh, enforced 30-day suspension of international tournaments, possibly the light at the end of the tunnel. The, the, the uh, silver lining on this grey cloud is that we'll have a, a super World Cup slash Grand Prix event to look forward to uh, as uh, the last Olympic qualifier ahead of those special zonal qualifiers. But there's also another silver lining, Dave, and that is, look, we're going to release this podcast as a, as a bit of an emergency measure because obviously it's very, very uh, important news that's just been released. But um, in that 30-day period, our audience have got some other podcasts that they can listen to. Yeah, I think about 31 of them, Bash. <laughs> yeah, we've recorded uh, the latest uh, three earlier on this week, and they have—they are actually out and available, but we haven't posted them all over social media yet. So, uh, if you're wondering why episode 32 is coming out before uh, episode 20. Uh, nine, right. uh, 29, maths, 30, and yeah. 31. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's why. So uh, you have got plenty of podcasts to do. Dave, um, in these extraordinary uh, circumstances, thank you very much as always for your time and your insight. Pleasure. And thanks to all of you for listening to our podcast. And hey, do stay safe.